Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. You're listening to PHLY Flyers. That's right, PHLY. My name is Bill Matz. I'm your director of fun and games for the evening. With me today, just an incredible show we have planned, because not only am I joined by Philadelphia's number one hockey beat reporter, Charlie O'Connor, but we have Broad Street Hockey's own the fly by herself, Kelly Hinkle, for the very first PHLY BSH crossover. Welcome, Kelly. How do you like the studio? Thank you. First of all, it's super cool. Um, second of all, I don't know if people know this, but we haven't been in a studio together since, since like, like 2019. Yeah. 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 So this is actually super fun because it's it's better when you're in the same room. And we're on camera again. Aren't you excited about that? No. I I'm not acknowledging look. that part of That's, it. Charlie looks up at the screen <laughs> to like see the comments and just make sure. I never look at the camera unless like I'm like directly just pretend Although, it doesn't exist. Yeah. I did prepare because having watched some of these pro these broadcasts already, I did note that the dress code seems to be a t-shirt that is your personality. Yes. So obviously I had to go Pearl Jam gritty. Although that's sure. kind of an own for me considering the fact that I'm wearing a blank gray t-shirt. If that's my personality. Uh, kind of a burn there, Kelly. <laughs> not gonna lie. It's just your personality's underneath. You know, you, yeah. you can't judge the book by its cover. Just sure. today. You're uh, like, so okay. Gray. Yeah. Okay. Kelly, uh, we're gonna get into all sorts of stuff. It was the first day of training camp. Some very interesting quotes, as always from the one and only John Tortorella. <laughs> uh, lots of stuff to get into, but first, you know, I think a lot of people have been interested in like what the hell's going on. Mm -hmm. You know, Steph not with us today, but uh, breaking news, she will be with us at some point, uh, you know, virtually because she lives in Atlanta. Uh, but we will have hopefully weekly the entire crew together. Uh, tell us what's going on over at Broad Street Hockey, though, since uh, since we last all got to talk. Yeah, so Broad Street Hockey is now a part of something called the Four Hockey Fans Network, which is essentially Steph Driver and a couple of other people from SB Nation kind of took the ashes of what was thrown aside by Vox and built back up a network of hockey sites. So that launched last week. Um, I think it's going to be really cool. I think you guys will find a lot of value in it. So head over to fourhockeyfans.com, take a look at what we're doing there. Um, nothing changes with Broad Street Hockey. We're still trucking along with our articles and whatnot. So, you know, it's, Is it's a good. podcast coming? We will have podcasts. Eventually. Of some kind. Of some kind. <laughs> Eventually. Okay. Yes, yes. I just want to make sure we get it all out there. Yeah, yeah, thank you. So people listening are, is there, I get, oh, like, what's going on with you guys and Steph and Kelly? It's like, nothing. No, we're, everything's we're cool. good. We, we got it coming. It's, we're cool. Yeah, it's we just, got it coming. We're two I mean, like, different. We're, we expanded, basically. Like, yeah. Broad Street Hockey Radio was so good, it could not be contained. It, it had to be broken up. Yes. We were like a monopoly that the government <laughs> had to come in and, just, and break into two separate entities, because that's how strong of a problem. Product we created. Yeah, so I mean, we still have Flyperbole. We'll still be doing the pre games. We have regrettably lost our post game host. What an asshole. You know, I know. <laughs> yeah, right. Who likes him? Worst. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to, and we're going to do some, I think, some some cool new stuff this year as well but it'll be coming hopefully when the season starts we'll have some new podcasts for you guys go to broadstreethockey.com sign up for the andrew mcdonald tier <laughs> uh, <laughs> is it the faraby tier now can we call it that no we Ooh, like it. That, that's just cruel i, I talked about the same contract but i talked come on. about liking him yesterday i'm gonna yeah. throw us a little shade today yeah. we like joel yeah, faraby yeah, we do we do like joel faraby unclear if that's an overpay yet well, well, so far it has been. <laughs> yeah, we'll far. see how it goes. Maybe yeah. he grows into it. Maybe the salary cap, salary cap goes up $10 yeah. million and then it's not an overpay. Maybe in like five years yeah. we're averaging out the performance yeah. over the length of the contract. We're like, this is fine. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I guess we, we have to get into to kick things off. I... I mean, first day of training camp, you're down in Voorhees today. I was. Uh, covering all the things that journalists cover uh, while at the first day of training We're camp. Watching the players try not to vomit. Uh, it's, if John Tortorella can't make these guys throw up on the first day, he's lost a step. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see anyone vomit today. Not saying it didn't really? happen, but they did. Um, if they did throw up, they did a much better job of hiding it. Last Wait. year, Mason Millman, yeah, he, he was. Oh, oh, that's wild. He, he was released. Sing some bodily fluids. Like, put it that That's way. outstanding. Uh, and we're going to get into the bag skate and stuff later. But the first thing I wanted to talk to you about in your time down there, you had some, uh, yeah, you had several interesting tweets. But the one that I think caught everyone's eye was Tortorella talking about the rebuild. Right. And it was one of the all time 
great like backhanded. Oh, it was good. Like just straight up basically said, yeah, yeah. The morons last year could have said it's not a rebuild, but it was. <laughs> uh, so this is year two. You know, like, yeah. it, it was, it was wild to hear him because you, everybody knew what he meant, but yeah. Tortorella all of last year pretty much was saying that it was a rebuild without saying the word rebuild because and we've all kind of theorized this, but Tortorella essentially said, and I want to get the the quote in its in its entirety because I don't want to misquote him. I no, want to get good. the actual I quote I... because it was perfect. And it was, let me read it out from my Twitter account. It was Sorry, I'm losing. I've disconnected here. Oh, yeah, from here the we Wi-Fi. Yeah. There is always a next step. See, in my mind, we were rebuilding last year. I don't care what we said, what was allowed to be said, or whatever. In my mind, we were rebuilding. So, it, that's what a, was it's allowed a, to it's be a little said. bit like tacit admission that there was an organizational mandate that no one is allowed to say the word rebuild until we approve you saying the word rebuild. Be- because oh, we shocked. said like. We begged them to just acknowledge it and say the word, and we've had a lot of fun being like, well, they said the word. Apparently, that was a big deal to them, too, because they weren't allowed. It was a big deal. The coach just said they weren't allowed to say it. Pretty much. Which is, I mean, talk about a just, we know they lack awareness, but... It's what your fans wanted. Yeah. Like, this yeah. wasn't some, like, it's not this dirty word. Like, your fans are begging you to rebuild. Like, please realize what's happening here. And, listen, I mean, they picked at five the year before. They just picked at seven. Whether they were purposefully rebuilding or not, which was, like, our hope. Like, oh, even if they don't get it, they're stupid, so they're going to put together a <laughs> right. team that's shit, and they did. Which they did, like, yeah. So the rebuild started whether they wanted to yeah. or not. It was an accidental rebuild. Yeah. As I said, the, the accidental tank. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it's funny because, and not only, I think, did the fans want the rebuild. I think most of them did, particularly of the online variety. People wanted a rebuild. But it's funny, the more I talk to people, like old school flyers people, alumni, people like that, like, yes, there was a there was an inherent discomfort, particularly by the older set of just this idea of tanking, definitely, but also the idea that the flyers we we try to win every year. But I think that even the old guard, a lot of them at least, agreed that we need to start over that something has gone wrong with the organization and we need a clean slate we need to start over we need to start fresh and i think the fact that keith jones is the one that's presenting this it makes it easier for those guys to swallow it because they believe that starting over doesn't mean that the past is going to be completely removed. It means we're starting over, but we can trust that Jones, he's still going to take care of us. Like no matter where the flyers were, like, I mean the glory days, seventies and eighties, but like at least they always had a superstar, a draw. Like they had yeah. Eric Lindros. They went out and signed Danny Briere. They have a young core of guys. You know, they go out and get a, a Jeremy Roenick, something like that. It, after G, it was done. It yeah. was like, we don't have a damn thing. We're lucky to call what we have second line. Our best players, we're lucky to call them second liners right now. Yeah. You didn't even have that thing. Like, oh, whose jersey are you getting? I don't, I don't know. Probably yeah. like a Clark throwback or something. <laughs> they, they were hoping, like, they were hoping for Couturier, and yeah, then he couldn't come back. Yeah, that's, they had Couturier, who's an excellent player. I wouldn't call him a superstar, but no. an excellent player. Uh, yeah, he needs back surgery. He's out two years. Oops. So like, what, what, what do we do? What are we going to do? Yikes. But at least like we we joked like a lot last year the only sane person in this organization is John Tortorella he confirmed that today which which makes me feel better because i have kind of been with this idea that now he's going to take more of an active role in the shaping of the team not just the coaching of the team that's been giving me a little bit of pause just because he does kind of have what seems like a bit of an old school attitude toward hockey But him once again confirming that, yes, he knows what's happening in reality and he understands that we're digging our way out of it now kind of makes me feel a little bit better about the fact that he is, you know, now a voice in the room as far as general managing goes. Yeah. And I think another quote, and we can honestly just jump right into this, which to me 
that was the funny quote of that, the day. Yes, because the, that just that just jumped the, out, and that's the I, I, special. I there. had to tweet it immediately because it was just wow. He actually it was, said it. it he the, said the thing. But the the most <laughs> eye opening quote that he gave us during the session, which was I think he talked to us for a good fifteen minutes. It was a good. It session. It seemed like there was a lot of yeah. tweets coming out at the time. But he basically straight up said with regards to Mark Stahl, we were talking about Mark Stahl about the importance of having him in the room and the importance of bringing him in for the young kids, and he said. He's going to be a mentor. He's going to be an offshoot of the coaching staff on the back end. But then he hits you with basically, I've already talked to Mark Stahl and Mark Stahl is not going to play in every game. And he knows that. But when he doesn't play, he's going to have just as important of a role preparing the kids to get into games and play. And here's the thing. If Mark Stahl, who I was kind of penciling in as a member of the top four. We called him the f- yeah. like third or fourth yeah. defenseman yeah. yesterday. If, if he isn't going to play in all 82 games, or at least they're not planning for him to play in all 82 games, they really might bring a lot of kid defensemen onto this roster for game one. It's, it's possible. Because we talked about yesterday, Kelly, we did a whole conversation on the different, on the different <laughs> roster battles. <laughs> and uh, we talked a lot about how it doesn't look like there's a ton opened on defense outside yeah. of the third pair. Right. But... And we were really like, okay, like one of Nick Sealer or Zamula probably going to play. They like Sealer. They've spent all this time on Zamula. He's not waiver exempt anymore. And then they have these kids they want to bring up too. So it's the Sean Walker spot. And like, hopefully they realize Sean Walker's nothing and they just don't play him. If they're not going to play Mark Stahl every game, they might not play. Like Walker might not make the team. Yeah. And I'm like, it's, this is all very, uh, it's very encouraging. Yes. Like, it's one thing to acknowledge the rebuild. It's another thing to then do it correctly. And this is just very, very encouraging to me that, like, okay, yeah, we brought in Mark Stahl to be, like, a veteran mentor. He's another torts guy, Been was with him a long time in New York. Like, okay, but that's what he's going to be, an assistant coach on the ice. Yeah, like, yeah. If he Which plays, he plays. If he, it's yeah, awesome. Yeah. This is exactly what you want these guys to be. They don't have to be Keith Yandel playing every goddamn night. Well, part of the problem is, and this is completely understandable from a fan perspective, really from a person who analyzes the team perspective, everyone has in their memories... Andrew McDonald being on the top pair while Travis Sanheim was struggling to get minutes. Brandon Manning playing in a ton of games while prospects are languishing down in the minors. And and you think to yourself, oh, here we go again. You know, Mark Stahl is going to be the McDonald and Sean Walker is going to be the Manning. And at least so far, and again, actions speak louder than words, but at least so far, it seems like they're speaking the language of, look, these veterans are here. We're glad we have them. But the primary focus is, you know, getting Igor Zamola games, getting Emil Andre up as soon as he proves he's ready, getting Adam Jenning in games to see if he can be a viable third pair defenseman in this league, getting Ronnie Addard up when he's ready. Like, that's the focus. And they're they're trying to make it clear. And again, as I said, actions speak louder than words, but they're trying to make it clear that they're not just going to start Sean Walker because he's a vet. That's... I, it's truly, it seems like the most simple concept yeah. in the world. But it wasn't for so long. But they've screwed this up for about a decade consecutively. At least like six straight years of this, where it's play these guys, yeah. please. Like, we shouldn't just now be figuring out what Travis Sanheim is. Like, we <laughs> should have figured that out before we gave him an eight-year contract. Yeah. partially on Travis Sanheim. I like Travis Sanheim, but uh, look, Travis Sanheim has had some real good years and some real uh, bad I, I ones. Just, like, it's kind of on him. Yeah. Like, it should have all, we should have been a year ahead of schedule with him. I agree. To I the agree. point where, okay, he's up for this contract. I guess we give it to him. No. <laughs> no, we don't. Or we could not. You know, or we give him four, you know? And it was just, oh, he's okay, he's up, and we're still not. It's just, The whole thing is asinine. But at least it finally seems as if they are in I don't even know the right hands, but better hands than they were. And yeah, I'm really, I, I think they're definitely in better I'm hands. I'm really happy were. you brought up Jonesy because I've thought all along, like part of his job, I mean, think about who this guy was. And he, was a, he was a good player. Don't want to take it away from him. But to have the post-playing career that he has had, he's probably really good at like talking to media executives. Yeah. And um, 
that's who owns the team. <laughs> Fair. And he's, they've finally been convinced that we're allowed to say the word rebuild. <laughs> I bet you Keith Jones is a big part of this because he's not an idiot. Like, and we finally have people whose like, opinion I don't think is, oh, my God, what is he even telling them? Like, I, I want him to go to management. I want him to go to ownership and like try to explain to them. But... Do I? Like, he might yeah. convince them we need to bring Andrew McDonald back. <laughs> like, and we finally don't have that guy in charge. And it's, it's really it's nice. Good. I do have a serious question about Mark Stahl. Though. Okay. Did anyone else see him in pictures and say to themselves, who is that guy? And then yes. learn it was Mark Stahl and wonder what he did this summer? Like, was he in like Northern <laughs> Saskatchewan, look, like in a <laughs> that is his cabin? Look. We actually, we asked him about it today <laughs> at camp and he essentially said that this is my thing. And if I try to shave at this point, my kids wouldn't recognize me, <laughs> which is That's honestly awesome. such a dad comment. Yeah. It, it's very much playing into, you know, his role as what appears to be kind of like the team dad yeah, or at yeah. least the defenseman dad is seemingly <laughs> what they want him to be. So sure. It why works. not? Yeah. So that's uh, man. It's, it's just good to hear. Uh, I had a whole for the DraftKings read. I had a whole thing prepared because we, I wanted to do a metropolitan division uh, preview today. So I have all the over unders for points totals. I'm like, we're never going to get to that. No, like, there's enough the to talk about for the first time in weeks. <laughs> yeah. We are never going to get to that. <laughs> like we're going to get the one team in the Metro other than the flyers. It's going to be Columbus. Cause it's freaking funny. Yeah. Uh, so let's just do this straight up. Here we go. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook. That's right, DraftKings, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. But nobody's missing out this season if you're a new customer, an old customer. No one's missing out because all DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. It's September 21st. Still plenty of time, and it's Thursday. There's football, so you might want to check that out over at DraftKings. Get in on NFL Week 3 action with DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code PHLY to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home $200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code PHLY. The crown is yours. Here we go. Gambling call? <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> You're crushing it. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in ONT. See sportsbook.draftkings.com dot com slash football terms for eligibility terms and responsible gaming resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance eligibility and deposit restrictions apply mm. that was good except for the, start. the very beginning but, but the thing of the is, i i kind of that was kind of my fault yeah i jumped in i distracted you so I, i'm not going to penalize you I was that. Really hoping, that was really good i was really was hoping to show off for kelly and i it but it, it went okay it i went made okay. a bet on DraftKings once it was a flawless experience <laughs> <laughs> I bet that Claude Giroux would score in his first game back in Philly. He didn't do he that. Did not no. do that. He did not Which do that. Which is very, very, like, yeah. it's the most, thanks, I always thanks, bet. Thanks, Claude. Another I, letdown. I always bet former <laughs> Flyers to bet. To, yeah. to, and, like, none did last year. It was very, very frustrating. Uh, because they always do. But no, not last year. Not Still last plenty year. of dudes who, like, snapped goal streaks or scored the second of their career or something. But not as many former Flyers as you That usual. is one of those classic things. And I will always say this, and no one will ever believe me. I know. It is I one know. of those classic things that every single fan base thinks that it happens to their team way more than it happens to everyone else. And in reality, it doesn't. It's just that it's so goddamn annoying when it does happen. No, it's so it infuriating it that, does that it, it sticks in your head. It can't possibly happen to anyone as much as the Flyers. No. It's That's what every, every game. fan base says. Yeah, but we're game. right. Yeah, it we're correct. Game so the difference. It was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, this dude from Saskatchewan who signed yesterday as a hat trick. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, he cleans my pool, and uh, he was available, so we threw him out there because it's the Flyers. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, we move on. Uh, so the roster battle, this makes the roster battle discussion just a lot more. So much better. A lot more yeah. interesting yeah. because, like, okay, it's not just the Sean Walker spot. And that means when you look at the forwards, oh, 
there's a little more there. Like, I bet you Delorier is still going to play every game of or course. close to it. Well, they want, they want Delorier to be the protector. And, to, and, and you know what? To be totally honest with you, given where they're at, like, my view of somebody like Delorier is that if you're trying to win a cup, you don't want him playing 82 games a year. But if you're trying to rebuild and you're not really aiming to make the playoffs, if you do, that's great, but that's not the goal, then sure, have the guy who can pretty much beat up anyone in the league, have him out there so that if Owen Tippett wants to try a spinorama, that he can do that without having to worry about getting punched in the face because Nick Delorier will do that. Sure, why not? But he'd still get Is punched real, in the face. I, the players certainly do. Right. They believe they it's think real. it's true, okay. even though it's like clearly not. Good for them. Because if he does a spinorama, he's getting punched in the yeah. face. But then That's Nick Deloria will But then punch. Nick Delorier punches that guy in the yep. face, and we're happy because exactly. there was blood. Exactly. Yeah, there's yeah. not really a deterrence. No, so it's much. just violence. You talk to players, they will swear there is. And They're it, very it smart. might be one of those things where perception <laughs> yeah. means more than reality, but the perception is, no, is it's, real. It's like we talked about with the captaincy yesterday. It is both overrated and and underrated if it mm. emboldens the players they're still gonna get hit yeah but if it emboldens them in their mind to do cool shit sure well, we're gonna see some cool like that's that's fun yeah yeah, yeah sure. all right so i guess the uh other headline today it's it's officially Couturier season. It's Couturier we season. Saw he's back. Him, he's back. We saw baby. him in an official because you know, like yeah, last year, but that was last year, and we didn't actually believe it. He was it. in practice. None yeah. of you guys believe me when no. I told you I saw him in practice. No one was paying attention to the team Lying. anymore, Charlie. Well, it's not that. It's not that no one believed you. It was just like we don't care. Well, I don't know what like what season. I don't know what's we were better. Done. Like, is it better if people <laughs> don't believe me or if they just don't care? People about need me. to believe you because you're a journalist. No, they care about you. They didn't. Care Have you seen this country? <laughs> <laughs> fair, that's fair. But now, like, and then you know the pre uh, the pre rookie camp scrimmages, those aren't official team things. Now it happened. Couturier's out there. Did he look like he needed a walker? Like he, no, he, he, he looked. Fine. He I mean, look, he struggled, but everybody struggled. I would say he looked in much better shape than quite a few players that okay. did the same bag skate that everyone did, which we'll get to in a few minutes. So, he didn't look bad, and he came up afterwards, talked to us, you know, wasn't wasn't holding the cane, wasn't exhausted, could easily speak. He seemed like Sean Couturier, and, you know, we're not going to know for sure what he is until we see him, not even just one game, but 10, 15 games, see what he might be. But so far, so good, I guess is all I can really say. Kelly, when uh, when the season begins, night one in Columbus, mm -hmm. are you expecting to see Sean Couturier play 22 minutes of high-level hockey? 22 minutes feels like maybe a little too much, game one, given that he hasn't played a game in two a years. I'll take 19. I do expect, I, I kind of believe that Couturier is the type of guy that night one is going to want to prove to everyone that mm -hmm. he's back. Like, he seems like that type of player to me. So I would expect that we're going to see the absolute best from Sean Couturier. I just don't think it's clear what that is at this point. And if you share Kelly's opinion, you can bet it. Sean Couturier to school. Hey. At DraftKings. Draft DraftKings, baby. <laughs> Had to get that one in there. That's, <laughs> I, am, I am hopeful we get that Sean Couturier. I'm trying to me remain too. optimistic if for no other reason, then our luck has to turn eventually, doesn't yeah, right. it? It feels like it's happening, too. Like, it feels like the ship is, like, slowly making its way around <laughs> a little bit. We're not fully there yet. It's a yet. wide turn. It's a wide turn. It's got to be. It's a big boat. So they're taking the turn. And I feel like we're getting there. So this would just be another step in the, yeah, like, okay, Mishkov we're not cursed direction. Drink, we said his name. Oh, um, two goals today. Yeah, exactly. Killed Mishkov, it. like, couldn't get, a, couldn't get playing time on his team. Yeah. He was like, oh, here we go. It's going to be a whole thing, and he gets loaned to Sochi, and he looks the way he's supposed to look. Yeah. Point, point, point bringing guy racking or, or up over points, that. doing what he's supposed to do as an 18-year-old KHL superstar. It seems as Love if it. the luck is finally turning. I, I think the thing with Couturier that, and I'm not ready to say that Sean Couturier is going to come back and be the same Sean Couturier he was pre-injury, which was a really, really good player. That said... 
the one thing that gives me optimism is that he never really was a physically dominant player. Like, yes. That's true. You know, if he loses another half step, then is he suddenly just too slow to keep up? That's the concern. But his strengths as a player have long been his hockey IQ, have long been his details. Those are things that, at least in theory, don't get destroyed because you hurt your back. You know, he's still going to be the smartest guy on the ice basically against every team. And I don't think that's going to just disappear because he missed a year and a half. Like, for example, let's say Connor McDavid, and hopefully this doesn't happen, but like, let's say he hurt his back and had two back surgeries. I would be very worried as to what player he would be if he's not the best skater in hockey anymore. Whereas if Sean Couturier gets a little bit slower, he was never that fast to begin with. That was never the strength of his game anyway. That's a good point. Yeah, like his... It's always the angles. It's the little things yeah, he does. Yeah. And he developed that offensive side of his game. Uh, it's not as like he's dangling everyone out there <laughs> sniping, though. It's a lot of him being in the right place and using that IQ that generates some offense. Yeah. So it's just taking what he's good at and putting it in the offensive zone, not just the D and neutral. And that's how he started to score the way he has. I'm not... I don't think he's going to lose. He has lost a ton. I could be wrong. I, I just can't. I can't imagine based on what he does well that it just went away. Nah. I think my big concern for Couturier, I mean, the worst case scenario is he's just real, real slow now. And then because he's of, so and then slow, because of that, he just yeah. can't keep up. He's a fourth line center. Yeah. I think the big fear I have for Couturier isn't that he's going to be bad it's that he's going to get hurt all the time. Yeah. Is that he's going to play 40 games a year because he's going to miss three weeks and then he's going to be back for two weeks and he's going to miss a week because this is just the new normal. Of, Which is the worst of, case scenario yeah. for someone with seven years left on exactly. their contract with a full no yeah. move. That that's the new normal for a 30 plus year old Sean Couturier. Now, Couturier said today that he's got a new routine. He's set up a new daily routine. He's essentially doing what he called prehab before games because he knows he has to adjust his preparation given the fact that he just had two back surgeries so maybe it works but that's a legitimate concern because let's be honest here he is in his 30s and this is a guy who started playing in the nhl at age 18 so he's got a lot of miles on those he's tires. got a ton of miles and i know we don't think of him as like he's not laying huge hits he's not mike richards he's he's not rasmus ristolainen yeah. but the way he plays is I would call it like offensive lineman physical, where it's like you're not a Dawkins over the top laying someone out, but you're hitting on every single play. Like he is and he's involved. getting hit too. Yes, like he's involved in a lot of traffic is what I like. Yes. He gets, he's, that's just the way he plays. Yeah. He's a defensive minded center. Yeah. He's got the miles on him. And that's the worst case scenario is, yeah, he could play 45, 50 games a year. He's seventy five percent of what he used to be, but he rarely played. Like, yeah, that's the that's worst scary. thing that could happen to this team, talent or cap wise. But then I look at somebody, I look at like a guy like Jordan Stahl, who's still probably like a good third line center, and I think he's like thirty seven years old, and he aged very well with a similar skill set to the Couturier, except for the fact that Couturier at his best was way better than oh, Jordan yeah, Stahl exactly. at his best. So if he could age similarly to Jordan Stahl, but basically just come from a higher ceiling where, yeah, he he's around that same trajectory. It's just that Jordan Saul at his peak was an 80 player and Couturier at his peak was a 90 player. So he then is a second line center at age 36 rather than a third line or fourth line. Hypothetical center. question. Yes. Would you prefer like a 95% Sean Couturier for 40 games a year or an like a 70% Sean Couturier for 70 games a year? That's an interesting question. Hmm. Yeah, like would it be better if he did kind of take a little step down, but because he's taken that step down, he can stay healthier longer because he's just not involved as, in as many things. Is that better than... For, for right now, I would take the 40 games a year because I want them to lose. Right, right. <laughs> a couple of years from now, like when Mishkov's here and Gauthier's here and we're ascending, yeah. 
I would much rather have him regularly, especially for potential playoff run. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And it's just like, yeah, he's a second or third line center. He ain't winning the Selkie anymore, but he's still pretty good. Like, I would take that over. This is we the, don't know if he's going to be in the lineup. This is like exactly the place where I think it would really benefit the NHL to not be so weird about healthy scratches. Like, it would be nice if you could give Couturier a night off here and there in games that don't matter too much games against weaker opponents, and then maybe he does stay healthier longer in the year. I just, but everyone makes it so friggin' weird may, about maybe, healthy Maybe scratches. they'll get to that point, because yeah. it's just, we actually, I think we asked Danny, Danny I just about read it. Yeah, Danny, about load I think management. it was yours. Yeah, it wasn't it was, my yeah, question. Yeah, you got to I think it was in your piece where they asked about load management, and he's like, yeah, you just don't, he was like, I don't know. The answer was odd where he was. Yeah, it's just not that big of a deal in the NHL. Like load management, you hear about it all the time in the NBA. And he wasn't yeah. like, oh, no, absolutely. We would never do any. Like he never he didn't give the hockey man answer. Like we're here to do a job and right. play. He was just, yeah, you just don't hear about it. At least that's how I read I, it. I think we're probably about 10, 15 years away from that point. I'll be dead, Charlie. But oh, come on, <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> but serious. I mean, you saw a little bit of that with like Bergeron last year. Yeah. But I think that was because he was actually hurt. Right. Yeah, and he they, couldn't actually play yeah but <laughs> you did see a little bit of that there I, I think with Couturier maybe you know maybe that could become a consideration two three years down the road but for now yeah. you want to give him the opportunity because he's yeah. he straight upset on multiple occasions today he wants to be an 82 game a year player of and course give him the opportunity to show he can still be that guy because hey I know this is the Flyers. I know that the worst case scenario always happens with the te- this team, but you never know. Maybe this one time we'll get a best case scenario and Sean Gattieri will play 80 games this year and look mostly like the guy pre-injury. You that, never know. That's it's at what least I'm possible. talking about. Optimistic Charlie. Hey, I'm you, here for it. It's early in the season. I'll get there. They're winning the Cup I'll get year. there. And, uh, Not yeah, that optimistic. <laughs> Kelly, if you want to bet the Flyers to win the Cup. I might no, put a um, fiver on DraftKings yeah. for the Flyers to win the Cup. Uh, Cam Atkinson. Cam did he speak today? He did. He did. I, I think How did he look? He looked fine. Right. Again, this was bag skate day, yeah, so yeah. we're not really seeing them do anything beyond skating. He struggled like everybody did. Atkinson, for whatever reason, I think his return was a bit overshadowed by Couturier. Nah, number one, because Couturier enough. is just a better player. Number two, because Couturier, like Atkinson had one good year with the Flyers. Couturier is kind of a franchise institution at this yeah. point. So his return is a bigger deal. Plus, Couturier missed more time. But Atkinson looked fine. You know, he seems optimistic that he, he's going to be good to go, and we'll see how that plays out. Coots is like one of the longest tenured he's be athletes the, in the city at this right? point. Yeah, what, well, Kelsey? Who's, who's more? Isn't there one Brandon guy? Brandon Graham Brandon Graham. Okay, so Brandon Graham's the one guy who's longer tenured than Couturier at this point, I, I believe. I'm trying to... Think of like when the draft is, because 2011 would be Fletcher Cox, I think. Yeah, 2011 and their draft was, is probably before yeah. the NHLs, but like it's right there, I believe. Yeah. Anyway, we're talking about Sean Couture, we're talking about Cam Atkinson, and we want them to look good. Do we? If you want to look good, <laughs> oh. you got to go to FOCO. Uh, FOCO has the absolute best officially licensed gear for all sports and fandoms. It's football and tailgating season, kids. Flyers coming up. Listen, you need your Flyers gear. I know you, a lot of you might have been off the bandwagon for a bit, but we're all on the same page now. You know, the Flyers understand. They have to rebuild, and I want to support them through we that. we got a whole new color of orange here. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a new era of orange. Uh, you got to get the new orange, which is the old orange or whatever. Anyway, yes, so it's football, it's tailgating season, Red October's coming up, uh, puck's about to drop on hockey, whatever it is you need, whether it's overalls, hoodies, hats, sunglasses, bags, whatever you need, FOCO has it uh, for game day, whether you're looking for team apparel or, you know, accessories, toys, collectibles, novelty items, stuff for the she shed, Kelly, you know, the I'm, I, I usually have. say man cave, yeah, but we have yeah. a lady here I, today. I appreciate so, it. Uh, it's, it's all available at FOCO, and they always have our back with Philly sports and they have yours too. get the best gear around by using the link in the description of this show and for all non-presale items use promo code PHLY that's code PHLY for 10% off check out FOCO Yo, that segue was so good that I didn't even realize it was happening. <laughs> that was the smooth one. Yeah. That's because I thought Charlie was going to be like, we need to do this read. And I was like, no, I want to get the Cam Atkinson so that I can set it up with this dumb thing I have planned. I trust you. I tr- <laughs> you. You scared me for a little bit, but I trust you in the end. So 
we've talked a bit about the uh, the notorious John Tortorella bag skate. He tries to kill the guys on day one, and I love it. Not just because, like last year, we heard about this was death camp, and it was. Good, because I'm mad at everyone and I want them punished. <laughs> you know? And I don't feel that way anymore. I'm not mad at them because they haven't like seriously angered me in about a year. Uh, you know, game one right around the corner. I'm sure they'll plenty they'll of get there. Yeah. Give it a couple but weeks. At this yeah. very moment, I'm not mad at them and I don't want to see them punished, but I do like the day one bag skate. And Charlie, you said that they're the last team that does it this way? It appears so. Scott Lawton certainly thought so today. He <laughs> believes that they are the last team. This God is damn. very much now a, a unique torts thing that they do this. And I well, think Columbus even, would have done it this way, uh, but they yeah. had a changing well, of the guard. <laughs> yeah, it didn't quite get to that point. I don't. It's possible that other teams do it, but I do, even if other teams do it, I don't think they do it to the degree that torts does because this is well known around the league that, oh, God, you, you're going to a team with torts as coach. Get ready for day one of training camp. Be I, ready. I, it is an old school thing. And maybe like he doesn't deny them water like this isn't. No, you know, he's not torturing. Yeah, <laughs> like he's not Herb Brooks out there, like just act, trying to actively kill the guys. I just think it does set a good tone of. One, this is what exhausted feels like. After this, you're like, I don't want to hear you're fatigued in the second period of a game. Like, you empty it out, this is the expectation, and you're this tired. That's what it is to leave it out there. And just everybody giving it their all and being tired. I just think it's, it's one, physically, like, you need the cardio. This is hockey. It's really tough to do. You need the cardio. And two, I do. I think there's something more to it than that. Like you're supposed to do this. You're supposed to be dead on day one, even though you kept yourself in shape all summer. Some guys might, some guys might not. <laughs> and that's on you. If you didn't, yeah, you knew it was yeah. coming. It's year two yeah. of torts. But like, I still like this. Like it's not, this is not in any way abuse to me. No, I'm, kind of like I very much am on the fence about it because on one hand it does make me uncomfortable because it is so old school it is it's so like yeah we're gonna punish these guys and they're they're gonna they're gonna throw up and it just it is a little it's a little much however and the reason why I'm generally okay with it is that I don't think it's likely to have any like serious negative impacts on these guys health or on their potential to get injured over the course of the year. It's just a miserable day. And it's a miserable day that kind of brings everybody together because we're all miserable together. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? There's something to be said about the Flyers. And look, you know, I do want to like, be old school. Like, still. Like, like, that, that's the thing. Like, there are some parts of this organization that they don't want to go full new school. Like, and this might be one of those things where it's well, like, yeah, well, we do this weird thing because we're the Flyers. And yeah. maybe it's becoming the new weird thing that the Flyers do. It's not a Flyers thing, though. It's a Torts thing. Yeah, but Torts <laughs> is pretty much the Flyers at, at this, this point. point. He's the captain of the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not naming a captain because I'm the captain. That's like, I'm just saying that I think they what they want and this is from Jonesy on down is they want to kind of create a new definition of, of what tough. it is of what it is to be a flyer. They know and I've talked to Jonesy enough to believe that he's sincere about this. He knows that it's not the Broad Street Bullies here anymore. He knows that they can't have 20 fights in a game like that's just not the NHL anymore. But they want to create and Torts is very much on board with this wants to create like a new definition of what toughness means for this era. And he wants the flyers to be unique from the other teams in the NHL like even if this era of Flyers is not as traditionally tough as the 70s and the 80s well we're going to be tougher than all those other teams in the NHL and this is just it's it's a a demanding but I think ultimately harmless way to get that message across so I don't love it it doesn't make me feel great but I don't hate it enough to rail against it. I just like in a couple of years the best player is going to be a Russian who tries the Michigan twice a week <laughs> that's fine that's yeah. hockey now yeah but it is still there is just something barbaric about the sport of hockey yeah. that is never going to totally like it's 2023 and there's a guy on the team whose job description and he has a no trade clause and three <laughs> years left on his deal whose job description is beat the shit out of people what? like that's hockey. 
And we I, like it. I love it. We it's like what it. made me like the yeah. game as a we kid. Like it. It's why I played. It's why you we, have a Frank Bialowicz bobblehead. It's why up I brought Frank Bialowicz so to the happy. studio with me because he's my favorite hockey player of all time. <laughs> <laughs> he never played in the. Well, he never played for the Flyers. He did play a little in the mm. NHL. I will but they say. Never brought him up. One thing I do wonder because the Flyers, and I know this actually might surprise some people, but like they're actually pretty gung ho about the sports science stuff. Do they just? turn off all those monitors for day one like we don't they even want to see the to. data yeah they, <laughs> they told, they told see heart rate they told all your nerd pals to stay home today like no no, no. <laughs> camp opens friday yeah you don't have to see this camp opens friday we're not doing anything today it's I, not I, I do think like charlie said there is something about collective suffering like not real suffering but like this kind the of skating. suffering yeah but like, like when you go through being chained yeah. no but when you go through a difficult thing with people yeah. at the end of it it's like when you run the stupid Broad Street run. Everyone is doing it together. It sucks for me the entire time. But at the end of it, you're like, that was fucking great. Look at what we all did. Like, yeah. at the end of it, there is, like, a collective... We, we did it. We did this. Yeah. yeah, and I do think that that's good to bring a team together at the very start of the season. That's probably... It's probably pretty good in a way that we don't fully understand because we're not in the room. And that's, like, that's more or less what Scott Lawton said today. Yeah. We, we interviewed him. Lawton was, to be clear, one of the ones who was struggling the most. He had a tough time. <laughs> but, getting old, man. He's but, getting old. <laughs> but Scott basically said, he said, it's done now, and I think it brings all the boys together. The anxiety leading up to it with everyone, everyone talking about it, but I think it definitely brings the guys together. There's a method to what Torts does here, and it definitely brings us together. Now, granted, you do have to account for the fact that he obviously knows that he has to play under this coach and if he really is thinking I hate this guy this is a dumb idea he's not going to say that no. because he wants to get some ice time yeah. but Scott Lawton I think generally speaking is a pretty sincere guy and I got the sense he was being sincere when he said Scott that. Lawton's like so I could have gone to like Toronto and been on a president's trophy team and the coach likes me, so I'm not allowed to leave and I have to stay here. <laughs> I am going to start speaking out. Yeah, but I mean, he still wouldn't get past the second round. So, Ooh. Charlie, just the Leafs hater. Not From the ass. top row. Charlie, just the Leafs hater. He is a journalist through and through until it comes to the Leafs, and he just hates them. It's, and it's, really, it's not even them, it's just like their fans. It's base. really the fan base. It's, just it's the fan base and the oversaturation of media this, coverage. How does this affect the Leafs? Yeah, you know, everything affects the Leafs. Well, Their like, fans are us, they, fam. Their like, fans the are Yankees us. aren't the Yankees really anymore in that regard. Uh, the Cowboys are still kind of that, but like the Leafs, it really is the dominant conversation a lot of the time. No, well, look in Canada. Well, we've talked about it well, on that's the show. So much of our yes, coverage right. comes from yeah. Canada. We're like the number two hockey show in the country. Yeah. <laughs> but we've <laughs> talked about it on the show. Is that tr the Leafs? Leafs fans aren't Flyers fans. Leafs fans are Eagles fans. That's oh, what they are. Oh yeah. Because yeah. I mean, Flyers fans, Flyers fans know that the Flyers are not the top topic in Philadelphia sports. Fair. The Leafs are the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth topic okay. in, in Toronto sports and really in Canada sports. Yeah, you're, I get it. Yeah. Oh, ima like, and imagine being them. Like, yeah, we haven't won since expansion. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, yeah. We haven't won since the league went to 12 teams. They make the Flyers look good. <laughs> yeah, at least the Flyers. Like, they were an expansion team and they won. Yeah, Meanwhile, twice. the Leafs still haven't. Nope. It's absolutely freaking bonkers. Um, I guess what else is bonkers is the uh, deals you get now. Uh, <laughs> I was wondering. I thought no, it was real. I, I want because we're talking about the <laughs> we're talking about the uh, the Torts bag skate, and it is this old school approach. There aren't a ton of these guys left. Charlie, just the other day, you asked Danny. I did. Like, yeah. Is there any fear of? Um, a Babcock-like blow-up because we have the guy who is like they Columbus hired Babcock because they missed the accountability that Tortorella brought to them, so he was the next best thing. Yeah, you know. So, like, is there this possibility? Are you afraid of that? And Danny like kind of gave the answer that you uh, like opined a couple of days prior, like. He cares about the players. Babcock cares about Babcock. He didn't say that exactly. It was kind of but funny. But it was basically exactly <laughs> no, what he said. In, in all honesty, like, that was a really funny part uh, about that, was that, like, I'm not saying that Danny Breer 
was going out of his way to bury Mike Babcock. I think he was like praising Tortorella, but by praising Tortorella for caring about the players, he was essentially saying that that guy doesn't I care mean, about the players. I bet Danny knows a lot of guys Probably. who played for him. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that there is a huge distinction between I'm kind of a dick to my employees at work and I'm an actual sociopath who doesn't understand human emotion. Like Mike Babcock is fucked up. I just like and like the stuff that he did wasn't like almost not even sports related. No, that's just like terrible shit to these guys for no reason. So I wanted to do I wanted to do like a metro preview today, like I said, and the team we're all, the only team we're gonna get to is Columbus, and that's yeah. why I wanted to get to with this. But I just I thought it was a joke the first time I heard this one story about the phone stuff that went on with Babcock. And apparently, because I've heard it several places now, it's true, it's true that he invited a young player to his house for lunch took the kid's phone, looked through it, handed it back to him and said, you're good, and basically dismissed him. No lunch. Gave him no lunch. No lunch. Oh Did I give him a sandwich to grill him a burger? Like, that Psycho is shit. lunatic behavior. And like, if you then look at how like Boone Jenner responded and Johnny Goudreau, guess whose careers don't rest on Mike Babcock? Yeah. Those guys. Johnny Goudreau's set for life. Yeah. Go ahead and bench me. It would be better. <laughs> <laughs> Team stinks. You're paying me a shit ton of money. See ya. Like, cool. Yeah. Boone Jenner, he's the captain of the team. He needs him to relay the message. Also, a 30-year-old. Like, 30-year-old me, what I have on my phone. Yes, that's like, a big Compared thing. to 22-year-old me, totally different. Yeah. Like, it's totally different. You're kind Kind of domesticated. Yeah, like, exactly. <laughs> like he's shown. Hey, yeah, this is my dog. This is my wife. Like, yeah. It's different than what a twenty-two-year-old is pro professional athlete is probably oh, yeah. showing him. And so his interactions with those guys, like Jenner, put out the statement with the team. And when Goudreau was asked about it, he was like, "No, nah, it was cool." It's yeah, because he treated you differently, right? Because there's not as much of a power dynamic there. Yeah. with these kids whose careers are in his hands, he is saying, like, imagine being it. Any job, and your boss just going, hand me your unlocked phone. Yeah. No. Yeah, it's wild. Absolutely the fuck <laughs> not. That is, like that can't be legal. I'm going to HR. Like yes. no. And this I, is. I also I want to think one of the low key, funny but also like what moments of that whole thing was when they interviewed Yarmo Kekalainen, the general manager of the team, after the whole thing, and he said. Oh yeah, Mike did that with me too. I didn't find it. We're like, you asked for the GM's phone too? I wouldn't ask for Bill's phone <laughs> to look through his pictures. Like it's not a thing that a civilized person does. No one knows what's in our camera rolls. There's some shit in there that nobody needs to see but me. And that's why you don't ask your friends to just willy-nilly scroll through a, a photo roll. Also, another thing that I don't think it's mentioned enough is that Mike Babcock is not actually a good coach. He's not a good coach. I think if he if he was a good coach at one point, and basically where he gets this reputation is his time in Detroit, right? And then with the with, best team with ever, the greatest assembled. teams, with like great teams. Yes. Oh, like I could have coached those team Canada's. Like, John they're the, like the country that invented the game, and maybe yeah. their best team ever assembled. Oh, they won a gold medal. No shit. Right. There's only like four countries yeah. that actually play hockey to begin right. with. Yeah, it's, it's completely fair. But I think if at one time he was that a really Ducks good coach, team was pretty good. I don't him. think he is a really good coach anymore. No. I think the game has passed him by. I think you kind of saw that in Toronto. Mm -hmm. You know, those teams They're were getting good. to the exact same place. Yeah. He wasn't making that team any better than it was from a talent standpoint. They played to their level. Yeah. Like, if he was a great coach, he could take a super talented team and elevate them yeah. to be more than that. Like, oh, you won gold medals and cups. Teach these kids how to win. It's like year 10 for that group. They haven't won shit. You didn't coach them up in any way. Yeah. They're on another coach. They're doing exactly what they did under you. Yeah. I... It, <laughs> I don't get maybe he was at one point a good coach. Perhaps he might even still be decent, but he's definitely not worth like not what's this. the next thing he's gonna like if he had got away with this, yeah. like then what's he doing? Like, <laughs> this is it's not it we said like I said the other day, this doesn't cross the line of like Bill Peters or something no, like that. No, it's not to that. Or no, no, Urban no. Meyer who kicked his kicker. Like wonderful. You know, he's not like physically abusing, but like this is like mind games to the like, okay, now I have dirt on you. Like oh, you're my boss. Right. What, you're blackmailing me, you're yeah. my boss. And here's the thing. <laughs> we know how much like weird, like hazing, psychological shit that these guys go through throughout their whole 
time coming up in hockey. Like we've started to hear about all of the weird shit that these guys go through. And even still, these players are like injured mentally by Mike Babcock. Yeah. Like that's how bad it is. Yeah, I, I think it's fair to say that there's a lot more that is that players, particularly guys that have made it all the way to the NHL, there's a lot more that they would accept that I think even right. us as lay people would be like, that's too much. The fact that even them as a collective group are like, this Babcock guy takes it way too yeah. far, that should tell you just how exactly. badly he takes it. Well, it's yeah. like, uh, you know, if someone, a guy who maybe never quite made it and had some, like, uh, some sort of uh, something to grind with... Uh, with Babcock, yeah. you like take that with a grain of salt. It's a lot of players. But, like, it's Johan Franzen, yeah, like the dude who had all the success in his career under this yeah. guy. Yeah, like he still is like nah. Like it's dudes who won gold medals yeah. with him, and they're like, no, he sucks. And, and Franzen even was like, hey, great coach by the yeah. X's and O's, just a horrible human yeah, being, just a terrible, <laughs> yeah. terrible human being. Because right. and he John plays... Tortorella is not. No, he's a good. He doesn't dude. seem like a bad guy from what I've surmised, like put together. What yeah. I'll say about Torts is that Torts actively has people like when when this pops up and people will talk about how torts is such an asshole and he's a bad dude he has a lot of former players stand up and be like no i really like torts yeah he's tough but he's a good dude did anyone get no. up and say that about mike babcock no. Not even one. one person no no one stands up for mike babcock it's because he plays mind games with you you know who won't play mind games with you who's that bill it's game time hey. that's right buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have it's no fun playing for Mike Babcock. It is fun going to games if you get your tickets with Game Time because it is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time is deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So snag tickets without distress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code PHLY for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem code PHLY for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed uh i I just want to you know we'll wrap up still talking a little about the metro and columbus but they had such a rough season last year like i get okay maybe since tortorell left the accountability waned but like also half your team got everybody got got you had no goaltending yeah like you lose jake voracek like the whole team is injured you're bringing up a bunch of guys should they be regardless of coach considerably better than last season a season in which they were one point out of dead last in the nhl tied with chicago who was openly tanking yeah for the second worst record yeah like shouldn't they be a lot better and i guess the question i'm really asking is can ivan provorov drag this group of sorry losers to the playoffs? <laughs> not him no oh. not him oh man yeah no ma'am i don't know honestly and I, generally speaking, think that Kekalainen is a good judge of talent. I think he's done a decent job there for years. I don't know what he was thinking this summer with the moves they made. Yeah. Like, number one, the hiring of Babcock, which has already been proven to be a total debacle, <laughs> yeah. to the point where I'm honestly mildly surprised that ownership didn't fire Kekalainen I'm shocked, for actually. flubbing that hire yes. as badly as he did and embarrassing the organization to that degree. But he keeps his job for now. But not only that, I mean, some of the moves they made, the, the Provorov deal, and, like, set aside our feelings about Provorov— he is at best a number two. He's probably a number three. And I was very surprised that they're using him as like the centerpiece in addition to getting Wierenski back healthy as like the centerpiece to fixing their blue line. Like that's that's your plan. You think Good that's going to work? If you have Wierenski healthy as your number one uh, you know, Damon Severson. Yeah, they, they went out. They, they went out. They they trade for Severson's rights, give him a massive contract. They and Severson's a guy who always real good by advanced metrics, but 
he frustrates coaches. So you're getting a guy in Severson who frustrates coaches. You're getting a guy in Provorov who basically, like, the big thing with him in Philly was that when he wasn't getting top power play minutes and top minutes, he would sulk. And that was one of the problems. So now you're going to ask him to be below Orensky. They were originally asking him to play under Mike Babcock. Like, that, yeah, he worked real well under John Tortorella. Now you're going to have him play under the guy who's John Tortorella. But the one bad thing. Even worse. Worse. <laughs> the one bad thing is that we don't get to see Ivan Provorov just absolutely die having to deal with Mike Babcock. I just, I, I don't know what they were thinking it, in terms of fixing this roster. And like, I, they're going to have some fun players. Ivan like, Provorov for four seven five four seven two five is not Ivan Provorov for, like, the six or whatever we sure, were paying. Sure, sure. It's, like, that seems more befitting his role on a second pair. Yeah, but he, I just don't think he's going to fix it. That's the thing. Oh, I mean, definitely not. Like, this is a team that, yeah, I guess they probably looked at it and they said, all right, well, we just signed Johnny Gaudreau to this massive deal. We've got line A. We've got young players. We're going to get that top pick, which they used to get Adam Fantilli, that we got to go for it. But... I just don't think that Ivan Provorov and Damon Severson is moving the needle enough to, like, what does it do? Best case scenario, they get 85 points and miss the playoffs? I just, I just don't see this team as being that good. So, I mean, I guess there's probably a solid chance that they just think, kind of like the Flyers did for a long time, that if they just have a fully healthy roster, they're actually good. Yeah. Which, I think they're wrong. Yes. But well, they we, might thought, think that. We, yeah. we thought that about the Flyers yeah, too. We right. So, yeah. like, Charlie, you just <laughs> said what? Their ceiling might be 85 points. So, dra- last year they had 59, second Yikes. worst in the league. DraftKings has them at 72 and a half. You think I should take that over? I mean,. You just lost your coach on the eve of training <laughs> camp. There's there's real disaster potential here. Let me put it that way. I think there's like while there's definitely disaster potential, I could see this being a real like solid. You just got. I bet everyone in that locker room's happy as shit. Right. Probably. Yes. This yeah. could be a real maybe rallying thing for them. I don't know. I just I like Columbus. I I want them to be good. I want Why? them to be, I don't know. They All seem right. like they've been down there a while now. They've yeah. really accomplished nothing. Like they've won one playoff series ever. I know Jake's not there anymore. I was kind of rooting for him, but yeah, Johnny's fair. there. I want to see Johnny do well. Like, I don't know. They're, they're, they're non-offensive to me. I don't That's like watching fair, yeah. their games because for some reason, like everything looks gray in their stadium. I don't know. It just looks well, like they got old. the cannon. That's like their, their big stadium, thing. Maybe it's just the smoke. Their stadium just looks like old when I watch it. Like every like the ice is the wrong color. So I don't know. But it's Look, uh, for, but from a Flyers perspective. For them. From a Flyers perspective, fans should be rooting for them yeah. to be better because that would give the Flyers a better draft slot. Yeah. Just there you go. Like just be better than the Flyers. Yeah. Right. It's really like it's funny. Like the Flyers are. What's their their over under? They were at seventy five last year. They finished with seventy five points. They're over under seventy six and a half. It's like yeah, we expect them to be the same. And then it's oh yeah, we expect Columbus to take a big jump. Like that's it's uh, just the it's the injuries. The injuries. You're, you're getting yeah. Wierenski back. They did make ads, so presumably they should be better. I just don't think they're going to be better enough to be relevant. And my general philosophy is: if you're not going to be better enough to be relevant, why make the big ads in the first place? That's fair. That's fair. Uh, so Charlie and I talked about this yesterday because, again, wanted to do the Metro preview today. We'll get to it eventually. Yeah. Uh, but just we wrapped up yesterday's show, and both of us think the Devils are going to take the crown from the Hurricanes this year. How do you feel about it, Kelly? I, yeah, the Devils are going to be stupid good. And it's almost like I'm having a little bit of an existential crisis because I'm finding myself not hating that team. Because they're going to be fun, but I as hate I used them. to. Yeah. Like I, it's kind of like there's just so much distance between the time when the Flyers and the Devils were both good at the same time. It's been a while. That I no longer have like such an emotional hatred for them. And they are so fun. They are a fun like, team to watch. so fun. It's, it's infuriating that the team that ruined hockey in the 90s yes. is now playing a high-octane fun style with a ton of fun also, players. Like, Meanwhile, we're coached by John Tortorella. <laughs> also, I went to a Devils game last year very randomly, a Devils-Stars game like on a Thursday night and like for no reason. It was my first Devils game ever. They're in the middle of being the most fun team in the league, kicking ass all over the Metro and maybe 75% full. That's, and that's, that's kind of, that annoys yeah. me because I feel like that, I would kill to be you. It's being yeah. wasted. Yeah. It's being wasted <laughs> yes. on a market it, it that doesn't wasted, appreciate it. It was wasted in the nineties. It was. Yeah. Like, 
But then it sucked. So and they're parading yeah. a goddamn parking, parking lot. Parking lot, yeah. yeah. Well, I remember the uh, it was the first game of the playoff series this year against the Rangers, and they show the arena. It was it was in Newark, and you're like, wow, that 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 place is rocking. It's loud. It's full. And then it's the first the first time a Rangers player does something good, and you hear the crowd like, oh, that's why it's full yeah. because it's forty percent Rangers fans in like, there. Uh, it, yeah. they, the devils annoy me because now I have to change my like tip my typical complaint about having to do a post game I don't want to do. It's like, oh, it's the, it's the freaking Devils on a Tuesday in February. I don't feel like it. Yeah. And now it's like, Ooh. no, I, I want to watch that game. Now? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ottawa, who has Drew, so I can't, nah. even though I just hate them. Um, <laughs> it's really just the Flyers. Any Flyers game is going to be tough to get through. <laughs> on a Tuesday? They're yes. the team. Every time. It's yeah. the yeah. middle of the week. I just want to go to bed. <laughs> I'm going to be the guy who complains about the late games this year. That's what it's going to be. I'm going to be like, really? We got to be on the West Coast. <laughs> just forfeit. Well, we got we got one game. Those games don't exist. We me. got that that one game that one day where every single team is playing. It's like staggered over the course yeah. of the day. The Flyers have the 11 p.m. game. Oh, that's that's dope. gonna be a rough one. Oh man, I'm doing uh, just to let everyone know. I'm doing post game drunk that night. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> I, I won't be watching. So that uh, game. I think this was a pretty successful, very first PHLY BSH crossover. Extremely happy to have you here, Kelly. Can't Definitely. wait till we can welcome Steph as well. Yeah. But I had fun today. Me too. This is great. Flew it was by. super, super fun being in the same room as you guys. It again. absolutely flew by with the flyby. Uh, so <laughs> that, <laughs> that is all the time we have for you today. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for having it, hanging out. If you haven't already, hit that subscribe button. Search PHLY wherever there are podcasts. Boom. Content. It's like daily now, man. You Pretty can watch. Much. You can watch us right here on YouTube. Set up the reminders so you get alerted whenever we go live. You know the deal. All right, for uh, Kelly, for Charlie, my name is Bill Matz. Have a great week, Philly.